0: guest this evening is Miss Connie Caulfield. She's a mother of two creative daughters, an educator for over 30 years, and has and has um dreamed about being a teacher as a young child. She has had the um the, um the blessing or been fortunate enough to have been able to influence the lives of children for over 30 years. She brings with her a wealth of knowledge, experience in teaching. Guiding and most of all, loving our children, she is a perfect person who truly has a heart for teaching. Good evening, Miss Caulfield. How are you doing today?
1: Good evening, Miss Hill. I'm humble and grateful for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you again.
0: Oh no, it's my pleasure. I you know I I know I mentioned to you when I um talked about um doing a podcast for homeschooling Dana and I. Uh, begin to ask my children because of course, you know, you talk both of my kids um, About you know teachers and your name was like the first name that came up and they were just like yes oh, wow. mom <laughs> And we know like they're like in their 20s and like late teens So like what whatever you have been doing you make a very lasting impression on your students And I just want to thank you for that Oh, thank you you and to God be the glory thank you so much oh yes absolutely now today the um the topic is about homeschooling and we know that a lot of parents um especially now has been thrust into the role of um, educator and teacher which is not uncommon but um in the sense that we're talking about right now is one of those areas where some parents do not feel comfortable um, being in all the time you know we're good with teaching them life skills. We're good with teaching them, um, you know, morals and those types of things. But sometimes, you know, parents do not feel uh, fully equipped to be able to uh, teach their children in, you know, in different subjects and, you know, in different areas. So tonight, what we would like to do is just kind of, you know, talk about, you know, how difficult it is or not difficult in some of the ways that we can. Kind of incorporate our everyday living into teaching our children. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask is, um, so generally, what age group do you teach? Okay, as far as my introduction, let me
1: go back a little bit.
0: Haven't had such a wide range of ages, because the second grade goes up to, were well, they about eight years old? Is that, is that about the age group? Yeah. About eight. Yeah. About eight. Okay, so like out of those, you know, having such a wide range of like ages over, you know, such a, a, a magnificent span of time, you know, what are some of the things that you find are um, ways that kids find um, in, learning interesting? Like, what are some of the things that you would just if you could just kind of look over and just tell us um, about from the various age groups
1: okay. based on my last five to seven years of experience um, I will speak about it from that aspect and but also you may hear me say this more than once during this interview all children are different and their interests may vary from my experiences, children, preschoolers, they enjoy such things as building and making things, definitely going outside and pretending like doing things in the dramatic centers. Now, that was just for preschoolers, but you will find out also with older kids, they too enjoy those
0: type of things. So that's some of the interest areas. Okay, you know, that's so um, interesting because like, most most adults also learn better when they're able to, you know, move around and put their hands on things and, you know, um, have some type of interaction, and um, it's just so interesting that as we get older, we sometimes forget that, you know, those are some of the things that bring us joy and help us understand, like, our environment and world um, so much better. So just looking at that, it's... um. As a, as a homeschooler, as a parent that's going to be homeschooling their children, you know, just incorporating some of those simple things. Now, having a homeschool um, location in, in the home and some of the essential items, like what do you recommend?
1: Well, some of the essentials, I'm going to speak from it, from two aspects. One of it is the, the general, and then I'll talk about the more tangible but well, some essentials for homeschooling are to be to have this mindset to be consistent when setting up routines and schedules. Mm-hmm. No matter how much a child may put down or may pout or complain, he or she really do appreciate that structure. They really do appreciate consistency.
0: play box like those are things that you know you buy and pick up um, just you know randomly just to kind of keep them entertained but and and to be able to incorporate them into um, lessons and learning that's amazing and I love the fact that you said that it has to be um, you know our attitude with our children has to be on purpose you know and to provide sincere positive praise I know it's easy sometimes for us to kind of get like aggravated with our kids because they're our kids. <laughs> so to remind us that, you know, we need to um, have to be on purpose with our with our praise and to be sincere with it. Because I, I believe they can tell when you are not, you know? When yes, you're not. Can. Yes, can. So, um now as I mentioned earlier, though, of course this being one of those things that's been um, brought to parents unexpectedly, you know, there are people who um, right. are intentionally homeschooling their children and have done excellently, but you know, just having this, you know, kind of thrust upon them, you know, at the last minute, and in many cases being unable to prepare for that, you know, we know that some of our um, our um, homeschoolers may have been experiencing difficulties learning um, already throughout the school year. You know, with those types of children, those types of, um, um, children, or those types of um, homeschoolers, you know, what should the parents do? How could they, you know, help their kids stay on task and on track um, with their learning now that there's been this huge break um, in the, in the uh, school year?
1: Okay, sure. Again, I just would commend parents for taking on this role opportunity. I know it was thrust upon you, but take a deep breath because we as (laughs) parents, I'm a parent too, sometimes we have a tendency to beat up on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But don't do that. You have to stay focused and you're the role model for this child to look at you for some time. Mm But if, um, as a parent, if you notice that a child is having difficulty in a subject, you know, Some of those simple things. Here are some suggestions. Um, By talking with your child and observing your child, you can formulate a list with them of some of their interests.
0: Okay. Uh, Now,
1: once you do that, you can see that with your child learning style, every child learns differently. Some people have strengths in one or more learning styles, and some is um, one that um, that really may stand out. We as educators use what's known as V-A-K-T, which is the visual. Some kids learn better. They have to see it and see it and see it in picture form or however. And A, for the auditory, they have to hear. They have to keep hearing, especially with young kids. Repetition is really critical. And the K is for kinesthetic. Some kids learn by moving. They're better learners. is such a
0: partners together that is good because that makes you i mean it one it it kind of relieves some of the pressure off you although you are the adult but then it also allows the kid to feel like they have some ownership in their learning which is um which is amazing and and a lot of times especially now with with um with the children being home you know it's easy to be in your room or you know doing the things that you normally would do on a weekend, but to incorporate them into their learning, not just saying, here, learn this. That is that is amazing. Wow. I love, and I love the, um. How, what was the acronym? How did you pronounce it? VTech. Um, I, I'm not sure, but it's, it's that. V for visual, uh-huh. A for auditory. Yes. Auditory,
1: K for that's movement, and uh-huh. T for tactile. Okay. And like I said, we are partners because you can easily say, okay, your child in front of the front of the TV uh-huh. or the remote control, the game boys, but right. we don't want them to regroup so um so severely that when it is time for them to come back to school in a normal setting. You know, they'll be um, more difficult. Okay. So we want to make this transition as much as possible.
0: Right. And this goes for both um, student learners who were um who were really good, as well as for student learners who may have had some difficulties, right? Like um, we want the same kind of um, involvement for them both. So that is uh, that is really good. So um, for parents who um, need to get more understanding for a particular subject um, that they may not they may not be necessarily good at. You know, are there any resources that you would recommend um, that they may go check out or that they could potentially um, look at to kind of get more confident about a particular subject or anything? Well, if that's just
1: one, I'm telling you, at the digital age, there's a plethora of resources. Even though a parent may feel like, well, my child is not good enough. have not become dinosaurs. <laughs> so it's very important for parents to still communicate with school. Yes. Hopefully we have the teacher's phone number mm-hmm. or his or her email address. So you can keep that communication um, steady. And you can it can be ongoing. Because even as we as teachers, we're extending a hand. We are a bridge and a support. Education can be smooth and ongoing. I may take you to give you some, some awesome resources.
0: Okay, yes. You know what? That is a very good point because, um, you know, when you talked about partner, the, you know, the, the, the parent and the child are partners, but also the parent and the teacher are partners. Like you said, that you guys haven't gone anywhere. It's just transition from a um, at, from a school-based learning to an at-home learning. But you still are one of the first resources that parents should um, reach back for, reach back to, um, whenever they be, they find any difficulties. And I like the fact that you brought that up because sometimes parents do not um, do not use that resource. We know this because you know parent-teacher conference, and those types of things. So just reminding our parents that hey look you know you really need to be still in communication with your child's teacher is very important now how many hours a day should um should be I, i know we talked about in the beginning um setting up a schedule and making certain that you know the that there was consistency in the routines that we um, we would do every day, but you know, is there a, like a, a certain number of hours that should be dedicated to um, homeschooling um, or, or working projects or doing any of that kind of stuff throughout the day for a child? Okay, again, I can speak on my experience for the last some years, but then
1: I can speak overall okay. with um, preschoolers they overall are for a regular day if your child was going to school try to be consistent and maintain that hour mm-hmm. set up some consistency now initially you are the parent so you is going to be more parent centered so you can set up that framework that structure so they'll know what's expected okay mom after we have breakfast what are we going to do next right if you're posting it and have them and have them be a part of it you know try to stay Close to what's um, expected from school to home, uh, so it'll it'll be an easy and smooth transition. Again, from my um, experience for younger kids, they have short attention span. So, if a child is um, three years old, you know, between uh, three to five year olds that's the age group, you between that five minute interval, five to eight. That they have some room, but some type of okay. activity. They can't. Sit. If they sit. They're gonna become restless, and they may have um, start behavior problems. And they may pout. You know, still keep the same routine as far as bathroom breaks. If you can set up a schedule, when if they have lunch for school at twelve thirty for the older kids, then you try to have it for twelve thirty. But make it fun. Okay. You know, if mm-hmm. they have me, you might say, well. Um, We'll go out there, we'll dribble a or ball or you know, they can help you. They're 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 very creative and they can come up with all sorts of ideas. Mm-hmm. Like even when I was thinking about, let's say if um like on Fridays with my kids, we call it Fun Friday. Mm-hmm. So you and your child, y'all can become creative and say, Okay, but Friday, this is what we're gonna do. Let's wear your favorite color. So you might wear pink on Fun Friday or your uh uh, w you might have to um call it uh wet and wow. You might deal with nature or you might deal with water, but still have that consistently consistency. Because if they were at school it would just be a one hour school day. Right. So you wanna keep that same consistency.
0: Okay. Yes. That's a very good point. You know, I just even thinking about that, just making certain that the day is similar to what they've already been used to, have already been um, exposed to um, through school. Making certain that their day remains kind of in the same fashion as that. So that leads me to my next question, which is the TV and Internet. Um, you know, I, I guess it can be utilized for some of those uh, resources and things. But, you know, how would you recommend incorporating it into uh, homeschooling?
1: you must have a um, balance with the TV and internet I was speaking with a co-worker and she informed me, you know, with channel 12 we're in the New Orleans area the PBS, there's a lot of channels that teaching and doing um, studies or activities on ELA and math so that's good too, and with okay. the internet if you have a stopwatch or we have what's called um, sand timers you know, okay, you an activity for this and when the sand timer goes out and there are intervals with the sand timers, 5, 10, 15, then you're going to come back and we'll discuss or we'll do something else. So it is good in a certain aspect. It's all good. It's resources. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so we can kind of switch it up a bit. And even with that, with, when I'm thinking about the schedule, some kids, they're not used to wearing uniforms. They just put on anything right right? so to incorporate to kind of motivate them okay this day we're going to wear our uniforms okay your choice we're going to wear pajamas you know kind of spice it up there are different things that look at it as a different adventure for your child you know and
0: close also bonding with your child right Right. You know, that's so funny because I had a, a friend on Facebook who um, actually woke her child up and he had to wear his uniform just so he could get into the mindset that uh, yeah, <laughs> he had to go to school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that is really, uh, that. I, I guess it, it really is about the mindset. So if you do let them get up and just remain in their pajamas all day, you know, you're probably going to end up with the results of a pajama person, you <laughs> So, uh, keeping and that in mind, standard, Mathilde, you know, when you
1: get up in the morning, hopefully, I'm not uh, dealing with preschool, sometimes they don't wash
0: your face, right. wash Your teeth, yes, same thing because some of them, they, they don't do that, right. so That's <laughs> <say> that <by laughs> yeah. That is good, I love that. So, um talk about some activities early on that will get kids to um, into learning you know taking them outside for walks and those types of things incorporating them into um, the learning process um, even with kids who may be having difficulties um, with some subjects, you know, talking to them, you know, finding out what what interests them, and then trying to incorporate that into the learning process, you know. But is there anything else that we could um, that we could look at to also get kids interested in learning overall, not just a particular sur- subject, but just the whole process of learning?
1: Everything and every subject, you can find something useful for. It. Even if you're going to get some food from McDonald's and they mm-hmm. have French fries, okay. you know, you can think about just have this take off the parent hat and kind of put on the teacher hat. But one of my favorite things what made me go into teaching is seeing learning through the eyes of a child. Oh, yeah. Okay, you have this concept of French fries. Okay, let's do some predicting. A simple thing is going to McDonald's to the drive through mm-hmm. Let's predict how many french fries you think that's in that container. Do oh, you wow. think it's more than 20 or less than 20? Mm-hmm. Okay, then we're going to take the french fries out laughing and being optimistic. Okay, here's my french fries, setting it on the table. Can you find a french fry that's longer than my french fries? Mm-hmm. Or shorter than my french fries? You know, just have that mind mindset. And even with the hamburger we take that hamburger and cut it in half so you're, you're getting that language out there how can we nice. take that hamburger and cut it in fours or the um the uh, or we have um set, setting the table police setting you know nice. all of those
0: So that should be the very first thing that we, as adults, know, uh, can uh, can say about our child is that we know they can learn. And then the other thing is to plan and implement activities that you also said was a, was one of the things that you a uh, passion was passionate about. And then the third thing was create, communicate, and see through the eyes of a child. And just you going through. Right? The scenario, even at McDonald's, it's like something that I wouldn't have thought about. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things like you're helping us have like little memory joggers that says, you know what? These simple everyday things that we do in our life can be learning tools. And I think that's really amazing. That's really amazing. So, um, overall, what is the number one thing that parents need to keep in mind? When they are homeschooling their children during this time. Well,
1: one of the things, like I said, don't beat yourself up, parents. You know, take a breather and your child will try to do just like our kids. If we're doing something wrong or we're messing up, they're quick to correct us, but we wanna always do it in love. At times kids may try you and test you, so you may need to be firm, but that doesn't take take away the fact that you love them. Yes. So the one overall thing that I would tell parents, you know, to be flexible. you know everything <laughs> doesn't have to be in the box. Breathe a little, if things change if it's a rainy day, just because it's raining, okay, we're gonna shut the blinds and be going to sleep. No. Burning still can take flame. Being right. flexible. Yes. Oh I got this I have this club of laundry set up. oh my goodness. What to get your kid or your child and you're gonna sort you do the socks and can you sort the socks take all the socks out can you do a pattern of the socks how many long sleeves how many short sleeves how many pairs come on we gonna clean out your drawer what do you find do you have more um, um, paint shirts or you know just the, the gamut the will of creativity is endless so the overall thing is be p- flexible There's a plethora of resources out there of web, of apps, and websites, online books for learning, PBS, so you're not in this alone. Don't beat yourself up. We are here.
0: Ms. Caulfield. I thank you so much for taking time out to just share with us your experience, to give us some knowledge, and to encourage us um, as we, you know, deal with the homeschooling situation for our children. I love the fact that you can just feel and hear the passion in your voice about this subject, about the subject of being an educator and a teacher. And I also love the fact that you have just given us, you know, like um, a little the jewels that you dropped into our, our minds right now that, you know, we're trying to make this thing so overcomplicated, but if we could just really see through the eyes of a child that we would have the the, um, the tools necessary to help learn. Um, I want to just end the show with you just, you know, telling us and saying anything that you would like for us to, to like to leave with the um, listeners tonight, and then after that, we're going to sign off and we'll see everyone next Wednesday. Okay
1: but thank you so much, Ms. Hill. Parents, I want you to just take heart and know that you are your child's first teacher. I can speak from my own experience. When I first had my daughter, I wanted my mom to be there, but my mom had to go home. So then the real teaching started. I had to get to bond with the baby and how to get her to grow and, and work and change her diaper. So this too, it's the same child, but it's a different transition patient with your child, be consistent, offer true and authentic praise, yes. and be flexible, and have a great remaining
0: of this new year. Thank you again, Miss Caulfield. And this was a 30-minute Life Coach Podcast for April.